Hey folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully, you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you audit your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're going to get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down. My blood sugar is down. My weight's down. My health is up. My sleeping patterns are better. My metabolism is up. If you want to experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. Hello, America, and happy Thursday. Welcome to a new edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. We're going to follow up today at the start of the show on an exclusive story I broke on Tuesday night. I was on Hannity. I broke on justthenews.com. We broke it on the Just the News Not Noise television show. There is a federal whistleblower, former intelligence analyst for the Capitol Police, a former police officer there. He now works at the Homeland Security Department, very respected in the area of intelligence analysis. And he wrote a whistleblower memo three days after January 6, 2021, after the riots had occurred, saying they were preventable. I am sickened. I'm nauseous to know that we, the analysts, had repeatedly warned that people were talking about storming the Capitol in overwhelming numbers, and we didn't prepare properly for it at the operational level of the Capitol. We didn't take National Guard troops. We didn't have enough riot patrol units. We didn't have officers alerted. Most officers came in on the Capitol Police on January 6th thinking it was a normal day. Why? Because the documents I've put out in the public show there were no threat assessments. The frontline officers in the CDU units, known as the Civil Disturbance Units, we would call them the riot police, they were told no known threats. You can see it for yourself. Don't take my word for it. Go download the documents off of justinnews.com. That is extraordinary given that we have now collected hundreds of pages of Capitol Police documents repeatedly warning that intelligence intercepted by the Federal Bureau of Investigation, by the U.S. Homeland Security Department, by the U.S. Marshal Service, by the Metropolitan Police Department of Washington, D.C., all had specific, detailed, extensive chatter in online chat rooms and online social media spaces that Large numbers of bad actors were coming to Washington to invade the Capitol, to breach the Capitol, to threaten lawmakers, to get right next to the room where the certification was going on, to penetrate the tunnels in the tunnel system around the United States Capitol. By the way, all those things happened. The intelligence was so good, it's actually predicted what was going to happen, yet no one in the Capitol Police 
reacted. And the man who wrote that email is former Capitol Police Intelligence Analyst Eric Hoare. He now works for the Homeland Security Department. Very respected guy. Well, his memo and then all of the evidence that would back up his memo, I put into that story Tuesday night. Sean Hannity played it on his show. We had it on Just the News, Not Noise. We've been talking about it for the last 36 hours. But last night, I had an opportunity to interview Congressman Rodney Davis from the great state of Illinois. He's the ranking Republican, the top Republican on the House Administration Committee. That's the panel that controls the Capitol. It has oversight of Congress and the Capitol. He's the top Republican on it. And he revealed something very important. He said there were many, multiple, Eric Hors, multiple other people who came forward saying, we had the goods, we could have stopped the attack, but we failed at stopping the attack. And the, the people who know this are being retributed against. They're being retaliated against because the leadership in the Capitol, under Nancy Pelosi, under the current police department, don't want this narrative out there. In a few minutes, you're going to hear that exclusive interview Amanda Head and I had with Congressman Rodney Davis from the great state of Illinois last night. It is an eye-opener. There are numerous Capitol Police officers who have come forward seeking whistleblower protection, analysts, others, saying what the intelligence showed and what the Capitol Police failed to prepare for. We're going to have that for you in a second. That's going to be a real treat. And then when we're done with that, we're going to come back from a commercial break, and we've got an amazing second guest. He's one of my favorite big-picture energy thinkers, Tim Stewart, the president of the U.S. Oil and Gas Association. He's going to talk to us about the economy, inflation, the state of energy. Will there be an energy crisis in Eastern Europe because of the Ukraine roar and also because of the liberal policies that the EU has pursued for the last few years? Their pursuit of clean energy may have left the continent significantly short of just basic energy. And uh, Tim Stewart's going to talk to all of us about that. It's so important to understand this because energy geopolitical considerations also affect our economy, even if it's thousands of miles away. So Tim Stewart, president of the U.S. Oil and Gas Association, going to be our second guest tonight. Two great guests, lots of big conversation, scoopy news, and a little bit of economics and inflation and oil and gas and energy prices wrapped together on this Thursday afternoon, September 15th. 2022. We're going to take a quick commercial break here from our partners, our sponsors, our advertisers, then come right back and start off our day with Rodney Davis, the congressman from Illinois, the man who is the ranking Republican on the House Administration Committee, who has been investigating the true security failures of January 6th. We're going to start off with him right after this. Hey, folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully, you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you out at your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're going to get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down. My blood sugar is down. My weight's down. My health is up. My sleeping patterns are better. My metabolism is up. If you want to experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. 
jump into the ring here, you're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The ranking member of the House Administration Committee, Representative Rodney Davis of Illinois. Congressman, thank you so much for coming on and give us your reaction to this news. Well, uh, John and Amanda, thanks for having me on. Uh, this is exactly what I've been talking about uh, throughout the entire time that we've spent since January 6th is how do we address the security failures that we've witnessed leading up to and on January 6th? I'm so glad Eric went out publicly. Look, we've had Eric's testimony as part of our whistleblower, uh, part of our whistleblower program that I set up because so many people within the Capitol Police and in the security structure wanted to have their story heard. Eric now has released his own name. We would not do that. But now the world knows. They know that analysts like Eric, who have been been retaliated against and fired, they're the ones that raised the red flags even after January 6th. These are the questions the select committee is not asking, and these are the, select, the questions the select committee needs to answer. Yeah, it's such a remarkable thing. After 9-11, we took a lot of time to figure out how we're going to fix the homeland. But after January 6th, the Democrats haven't spent an ounce of time figuring out how a $600 million police force failed that day. And you're the only person really doing the work. And so I want to ask you about these other whistleblowers. My understanding is there's quite a few. What are their stories? What in general are their stories about what went on inside the police department? Well, what we heard from Eric is consistent with some of the other others who have given testimony in an anonymous setting. Look, I want to protect whistleblowers. That's why I put forth the whistleblower site that I did immediately after January 6th to give people a chance to have their voice heard. Uh, we've heard a lot of retaliation and retaliatory issues in the intelligence division within the Capitol Police. That to me is very concerning. Uh, we have to do a better job of making sure that we look ahead and we have to have better leadership because obviously what we're seeing from the emails that you put up from Eric, um, it's a failure in leadership. It was a failure to plan for a security operation that needed much more preparation, much more equipment, much more training. And our goal shouldn't be to just go after the former president. What we have to do is make sure those decisions are never made again that put our brave men and women in the Capitol Police in harm's way. Congressman, speaking of that committee, the January 6th committee, I haven't really heard a lot out of them. I know, you know, obviously since Liz Cheney lost her primary, it seems to have fizzled out. But what's the status of that? Are we going to see or hear anything else from them? I'm sure you'll hear from them as the election gets closer because their focus is on politics rather than fixing problems 
that true American heroes like Eric Hoare brought forward. Look, we knew, we knew because of bipartisan investigations in the Senate that the Capitol Police Intelligence Division had intel from the Norfolk FBI office that the Capitol would be under attack. And they didn't even tell then Police Chief Steve Sund that that intelligence was in their hands. They didn't act. They put their brave men and women in danger. We could have made better decisions on the front end. Now, the goal is, is not to just have made-for-TV hearings like the 1-6 committee they like to have. The goal should be making sure that our brave men and women don't worry about a red shirt or a blue shirt. They don't worry about made-for-TV hearings. They worry about doing their job protecting this Capitol. That's my job. And my job is to protect them. And I will continue to make sure that questions that are that have been that have been risen by people like Eric Hoare continue to get asked. Yeah, that's so important, giving them voice and the facts that they have, because they're so one of the things you see in the Eric Hoare email and the information is there's a lot of factual basis to what they saw going on. One of the things that the January 6th committee took off the table right away is what did the House leadership, Nancy, uh, Nancy Pelosi and her House Sergeant Arms really know? We have little windows into it. I know you've delved into this in a large way. You have been doing a report that eventually will come out. What can you tell us about what Nancy Pelosi should have known or did know and didn't act on? Well, I can tell you that when Nancy Pelosi and her team begin denying that they have any involvement in something that went bad, you know you're going somewhere where you're getting closer to the truth. Nancy Pelosi controls, just by the sheer fact that she's Speaker of the House, she controls the security apparatus here in the Capitol complex and especially on the House side. Um, She can't run away from that. And that's why we put in place our whistleblower site that there were many more Eric Hors. There are many more whistleblowers that we're protecting because we don't want to see them retaliated against that have said similar things to us about a retaliatory, retaliatory environment within the Capitol Police Intelligence Division. That is wrong. We need to do a better job of making sure that we care less about punishing our officers who are just trying to make sure a January 6th never happens again than we are about fixing the problems that led to the security failures before and on January 6th. Makes so much sense. Mm. Yeah, and truth is supposed to set you free. It's not supposed to uh, get you fired. Uh, I want to switch gears over to the economy. You know, the White House is throwing a party um, after, you know, one month anniversary of the passage of the Inflation Reduction Act. Meanwhile, Americans are getting crushed by the economy. Another aspect of the economy the supply chain crisis, and now we're staring in the face of this potential rail strike, 115,000 employees that could potentially bring our economy to a grinding halt. What do you think is going to happen and how do we avert it? Well, we avert it by actually having leadership coming out of the Biden administration. Uh, I represent a district that has multiple class one railroads. We depend upon the supply chain. We depend upon the rail industry. And a lot of those union members that work for the rail lines, they live in my district. And they will tell you that there's a lack of leadership in the White House right now to getting something done that can make sure that we avoid this strike. Uh, I just don't know if the Biden administration's willing to step up and do what's right. But in the end, um, it's too important right now, especially with our economy, the high inflation rate that the Biden administration is celebrating rather than actually addressing I don't know if this economy can take a rail strike right now and that crushing blow to our supply chain issues that are already exacerbated by the failures of the Biden administration 
just over the first few years. Yeah, so true. I'm really, I think a lot of people are really starting to express concern. I want to take one other thing. You have been a law and order uh, proponent for a long time, and you've built a great record trying to keep America on that path. Your home state, Illinois, has passed a thing called the Safety Act, which is uh, about allowing people, criminals, uh, out on, without cash bail for crimes like secondary murder. Your thoughts on where Democrats in your state are taking that state versus where the constituents want it to go? Well, I've been talking about the implementation of the Safety Act as soon as it passed. Yeah. And we had some we had some lag time before it's implemented. But this is going to be nothing but a disaster. Uh, no cash bail means that criminals are able to go out and be able to commit their crime and harass and attack the same people that are the reason why they were in jail in the first place. I mean, look, I'm all for criminal justice reform. I don't want to see petty drug users in jail longer than Jared, the subway guy who's a pedophile because Jared had more money. That's wrong. That's why President Trump and I and others, we passed the first step back together in a bipartisan way. But this is a step too far. This is where criminals are going to be coddled. Criminals in Illinois are going to have the upper hand. And the sad part is it's going to lead to Republican victories because with the increase of crime in the areas that have been trending Democratic, they're going to come back to the Republicans and our message very quickly. I certainly hope they do it in November. And that's what I'm going to try to make sure happens. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back after these messages. Hey, folks, if you're a homeowner and you're like me, you want to protect your home, right? But when's the last time you checked on the title to your home? If you never have, listen to this. A new report on homeowners shows we all now have $16 trillion in equity. That's an all-time high in America. That's why you need protection from a scam the FBI calls house stealing. That's when the equity in all of our homes is the target, sadly, of scammers. If nobody's watching the title to your home, these scammers can transfer your title to their name, take out loans, and your equity could be gone. Poof, gone. You have to protect your equity from this despicable crime right now with triple lock protection from my good friends at HomeTitleLock.com. The first step is to check on your home's title to see if it's still in your name. Sign up with your address at HomeTitleLock.com and be sure to use the promo code JUSTNEWS. They're going to send you a complete title scan of your home's title in your first 30 days of triple lock home title protection. That's legendary protection, by the way. It's free. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. One more time. Go to HomeTitleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity in your home. All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote. It's about elevating your voice, making your voice be heard. AMAC is more than just a senior discount organization. They unite like-minded patriots like you and I, committed to preserving our cherished values and actively opposing the leftist agenda that's sweeping across America. Just look at their recent victories. AMAC members helped to push forward an investigation into practices that inflate drug prices. They successfully defeated ranked choice voting in order to protect traditional voting methods, and they also helped block a federal takeover of elections. As AMAC's membership grows, Washington is listening. Every new member strengthens this movement. If you love America, visit AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News to become a four-year member for just $30. That's a great discount. AMAC is not only better for America, it's better for you. Membership gives you access to the AMAC magazine, free Social Security and Medicare guidance, money-saving discounts, trusted news, sweepstakes, 
and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale. Four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over 2 million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC, AMAC.us slash just news. That's AMAC.us forward slash just news. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. We've been talking about energy for the last year. It has become an essential driver to the Biden economy. There was a massive spike in prices. It's down a little bit, but the forecast is for it to come back up real quickly. The long-term question is that we're beginning to strangle the long-term capabilities of our country to meet energy demand. And our next guest, he's been putting us on the cutting edge of this conversation. He's the president of the U.S. Oil and Gas Association, a great friend of this show, Tim Stewart. Tim, great to have you back on the show. Great to be here. Thanks. Appreciate it. I always love starting in America, but right now I feel like the big story that's about to rock the world is probably over the pond in Europe. Give us a little bit of what you are seeing and the crisis that is beginning to unfold in slow motion on the European continent when it comes to energy, particularly with Russia. Well, you know, John, I don't think most people realize that we really are on the edge of an energy and economic catastrophe if things don't start to play out the way that they should. It really, really is frightening. It's We're moving into a global energy crisis, and we really have to have some leadership shown by both the U.S. and, and the Europeans. You know, uh, for the people who haven't been following this closely, you know, Russian natural gas supply to Europe comes through the Nord Stream pipeline, and that was reduced to just 20% of capacity after uh, back the first part of September when the G7 pledged to cap the price of Russian oil markets. And all of a sudden, the next day, lo and behold, Gazprom said, well, gosh, there's an oil leak on the Nord Stream 1, so it has to remain closed and shut things down for, you know, that 20% of capacity. What the Europeans have seen is is their natural gas prices have really gone up to the equivalent of about $500 a barrel equivalent for natural gas. And you can't, you can't run a business, you can't run your house, you can't run a school when your energy prices are that high. And that's the, the economic cat- catastrophe that we're sitting on because of the manufacturing and agricultural sectors that gets hit so badly. Yeah, that is an unsustainable price here. When we talk about the crisis, we've got the cash issue, the cost of doing business. There seems to be some projections I'm hearing from the U.N. and from the U.S. intelligence that literally just keeping people warm in some of the cold climates of Europe may not be achievable for part of this winter. If you're a person in a home in one of the Eastern European countries, is it going to be difficult to keep yourself warm this winter? I, I think so. I think this, this energy crisis has already taken its toll. Uh, European governments have spent $278 billion uh, to cushion the impacts to homes and businesses. They're starting to subsidize the manufacturing sectors. UK, for example, announced a $195 billion scheme. $151 billion went to households and $45 billion went to, to businesses to lessen, to lessen the impact of the skyrocketing energy prices. That's about 5% of their GDP. It's about the size of their national health service. That's the impact that it has. If you were to translate to the United States, it would be unsustainable and unaffordable. That is amazing to even think about. That shows a level of panic and concern when you have that big of an investment. I didn't realize it was that much. If Europe is struggling to get enough energy just to get through the winter, what is the net effect on America when there's a competition and supply is shorter? I assume it tugs at the market even here, correct? Well, it does. It does. But, you know, energy impacts everything else. Like, And you and I have talked about this over and over again. The impact on, on manufacturing, for example. So 
if you go back just the first week in September, what you started to see was aluminum smelters in the Netherlands start to close down because they can't afford it. You see the top aluminum plant will cut uh, uh, 22% of its production. Uh, the European Association of Metals said that we're going to have to scale back by 50% because we can't afford our aluminum zinc capacity at these price levels. That has impact all across the board. And I think, you know, from the United States perspective, these are our allies. Um, and we are linked at the hip, whether we like it or not. The problem, though, John, is like for years, Europe assumed they could easily get rid of oil and gas and coal and decarbonize without any effort. And and they were warned, you know, President Trump, President Trump warned them. He warned the Germans. And he said, look, you rely more and more on Russia. They just didn't seem to care. And now we're seeing the impact of decades of bad energy policies. I think Europe's doing a great job of reminding us what not to do. But unfortunately, the IRA bill just puts us on that path five years from now. That's what's really concerning to me, frankly. Yeah. Listen, there is a slow motion learning lesson about what Europe did five years ago because we're on the same path. Actually, Joe Biden's doubling down on that path right now at a moment where we're seeing it failing in right before our eyes in one of our closest continents allied with us. What are some of the incongruities of the current emerging Biden energy plan? I know California's talking about, and California's always on the far bleeding edge of any idea, but we're going to ban gas cars by 2035, I believe is the deadline. Yeah. They're nowhere near being able to achieve that. But what are some of the pillars of the Biden energy plan that just aren't based in the realism of the market right now? Well, you know, that's a, a great question. If you search the White House's website, uh, they have 200 hits saying that climate change is an existential threat to us. I don't think they really understand what that means, because if climate change and carbon dioxide emissions were an ex existential threat, threat, you know, they released 8 million barrels from the strategic deployments that are just last week, you know, and, and so if climate change and fossil fuel is bad, they're, they're, they're using the strategic petroleum reserve as a political, you know, it's an existential threat to their reelection in the midterms, I guess, you know, I just, this is a whole other conversation you know, I can have, but, you know, I decided to walk the walk. And so three weeks ago, uh, my wife and I bought an electric vehicle. We bought a Volkswagen ID4. Okay. President of the U.S. Oil and Gas Association drives an electric vehicle. Why? Because he wants to be able to prove that it's not a really good idea. And frankly, uh, it hasn't been a real good idea for the last three weeks. The closest, the closest level three charging station to where that vehicle's garaged out west is 43 miles away. 43 miles. And I live in a metropolitan statistical area of 125,000 people. So, you know, it, the EVs are great on paper. And frankly, the, the vehicle itself is sound, but the infrastructure to get it where it needs to go is not. The interesting thing, the best thing about it is I charge my EV using natural gas from my uh, from my utility provider, so <laughs> I guess it all works out in the end, right? But the the IRA is just filled with inconsistencies, top to bottom, as to they just cannot get from here to there. You know, it's a, a giant wish list, and that's really it. It's just a wish, a, an expensive wish, four hundred billion dollars of expensive wish. So, well, what I love what you guys do at U.S. Oil and Gas Association and some of the other energy industry, you guys actually do have a plan to address the future of American energy needs, keep getting cleaner. We're, we, you know, we don't give ourselves credit, but every year American energy gets that much cleaner compared to any of our rivals. What are some of the elements of the U.S. Oil and Gas Association energy plan that make a difference on all the fronts we're trying to hit? Less carbon in the air, 
more energy available to people, keeping the prices affordable so the economy doesn't inflate. What are some of the things that you guys have on your agenda that can really get us realistically to where we want to be, not on the pipe dream we're being sold right now? Right. Well, I think the key is to make sure that we always have access to the resource, you know, and again, you and I have talked about this over and over again. The world comes to us for ideas. They come to us for technology and know-how and workforce. They, we do it better than anybody else. And so you know, we always talk about the strategic petroleum reserve and how important it is and the concerns about being drawn down. But the reality is the hydraulic fracturing revolution saved Americans $2 trillion since 2008. Because when we, when, we, yeah. when we crack that code, when we crack that code in those shale um, uh, formations, really it drove our, our natural gas prices down to almost where it was $1.50, which is basically giveaway prices because we had so abundant, you know. And, and $2 trillion is back into people's pockets over the last 12 or 14 years. That's nothing, you know, that's nothing that we ought to really pay attention to. I think, you know... Um, and and so yeah, there's concern about the strategic petroleum reserve, but the reality is, is we've got we've got reserves that are hundred times of the magnitude of anything that we could store in Louisiana or Texas, just in the ground in the lower forty eight. And that's the real reserve that we've got to pay attention to and in doing so we can keep all of our costs down. Yeah, that's a really great point. Now, you talked a little bit about the SPR. It seems like we're at historic lows. It seemed like since the 1980s, the lowest we ever got to is about 450 million barrels in the reserve. We seem to have broken that barrier for the first time. What's the difference? Where are we? And what's the danger of not having the SPR where it needs to be? Well, there's two dangers. The first is just, you know, what happens? The, it, the reserve was originally put together to so absorb price shocks from natural disasters and or global disasters, you know. Um, and you want to always make sure you've got plenty of access ready, you know, ready to get back on the market quickly. But there's an actual an engineering concern, too. When when you draw down those reservoirs to a certain point, you begin to actually have engineering structural challenges because the because of the pressure of the system and things like that. And so you don't want to take the actual engineering infrastructure and put it at risk because you've been drawing it down so quickly and moving it out so so quickly without the ability to keep it charged up. And the other thing is, is again, it's classic government, which is uh, buy high, you know, yeah. sell low, which is what they <laughs> yes. used to do. There, you know, the administration is talking about it'd be great. We're going to fill it up when you know, with eighty at eighty dollars a barrel. That's how we're going to start uh, uh, restocking it. But you know, back when in the middle of COVID, when the collapse was happening, if you remember in April of twenty, when we went below, we went forty dollars below a zero, you know, zero. I, I would you'd pay me forty dollars not to give you a barrel of oil. The Trump administration came in and said, hey, let's let's top this thing off. We can do it for $14 a barrel. And Chuck Schumer said, no, nah, we're, we're not going to do that. That's, a, that's, you know, bailing out the bailing out big oil. It was a, a horrible, horrible mistake that they made at the time because they were penny wise and pound foolish. So. Wow. Just amazing to think about that missed opportunity. And also the brilliance of the Trump move to actually try to fill up the spigot when it was cheap. Right. You get the best deal for the taxpayer. Exactly. Exactly. There is this tug of war going on over exploration and energy development. And I want to get to ESG in a second because that's a whole nother force. But just the Biden administration and its permitting and its lease competitions. State wins something, Biden pulls back from another thing. Tell us the state of play about the ability for us to tap our own resources on U.S. land right now. What's the Biden administration doing, even with the court's intervention? Well, so the big mistake the administration 
um, exploits is, is this perception that a lease is a guaranteed a guaranteed win for the industry. If I got a lease, it's not like going to the it's not like going to Seven Eleven and getting a seventy two ounce big gulp and you're guaranteed seventy two ounces. All a lease is is it's a guarantee it is a right to make a big bet that you may or may not win. Okay, what the administration is doing right now this week, which is a real concern, is they're back in what we call the sue and settle game. I don't know if you followed this, but the Department of, the Department of Interior settled a lawsuit brought by environmental groups. We're challenging some leases in, in Montana and the Dakotas. And the settlement halts any approvals of permits to drill until the BLM goes back and conducts a new NEPA analysis and takes into consideration the social cost of carbon and things like that. We're right back to where we were during the Obama years on leasing. Even though the Congress said you shall lease in the IRA, um, we're right back to the old games they used to play. So industries, you know, we're we're just we're discouraged on the federal leasing component because we are seeing we've seen this playbook before and it's coming again. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's not even warmed over. It is the same playbook. It's it's exactly the same thing. I want to get to the price of oil and gas in a second and what we could see in the fall. But before I get to that, the really long-term effect of the ESG movement, I now saw ads. I was on a website the other day and NASDAQ is promoting that its own members should be getting involved in ESG. It is going to scare away an enormous amount of exploration for future energy development, isn't it? It is. I mean, but the smart money, I think, has started to see through that. And um, I think when combined with, you know, savvy investment structures that don't buy into the ESG hype, uh, of course, it's nice to, when you look at the NASDAQ, which is down 30% and the only winners in those, in the only winners in all of the investment sector is actually the oil and gas. So people do want some returns, apparently. Uh, <laughs> Imagine the, that. The, yeah, the smart money, I think, is, is starting to flow back in and, and get around that. But, you know, just systemically, it has a, a long tail on it. And and it's tough for our guys to get financing still. So we're not for a very favorable pricing climate. We really would be in a world of hurt right now. So, um, yeah. So, but it, like ESG, I, th- I think it's going to get become under more and more of a of a of scrutiny because the fees for administering ESG funds are higher. This word, you know, that's where Wall Street makes its money is is fees, and the returns are not great. And so people are starting to say, what is it that is it really, you know, am I am I investing in in uh, environment and and sustainability, or am I investing in in some Wall Street portfolio manager's uh, uh, country club dues and things like that? And people are starting to have questions. I think that's a really great question. We had a great TV special on Real America's Voice about a week ago, and there's some really innovative efforts, like in, in Florida and Texas and Oklahoma. I think took the one of the early leads on this and states' rights are really prevailing in the courts and then also in the legislature. And I think you're right. I think the rollback moment may be building momentum very, very quickly. Everybody just wants to know. We had a couple few months of gas release after that horrific spring of high gas prices. But everyone I'm talking to feels like we've hit the bottom and the uh, price is going to begin climbing up as we head into the fall, into the holiday season. You know better than anyone. What do you think the trend line will be on gas and oil prices this fall? Well, I think, you know, there's so many factors that are at play right now that are completely out of everybody's control. You know, the going back to the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, theoretically, those drawdowns are supposed to end the end of October or on around Election Day, most imagine likely. That. Yeah. Uh, yeah, imagine that. And I, I think when you're dumping 8 million barrels into the system a week, um, that has a tendency to distort things a lot. And if those come to an end, 
people take a hard look at where inventories are. Inventories are not real favorable right now. So I think you're going to see prices start to creep back up. Depends what happens in Ukraine with Putin and the Europeans and everything else. Um, to industry's credit, you know, when you and I were having this conversation back in May, we were racing to get rigs in the air. We did that. And I think our production levels are actually pretty favorable right now to keep. We don't want to be at 130, 140, 150 dollars a barrel. That's just bad for everybody and ourselves included. Uh, but I think we're we're now at the point where production's coming online. We've been able to complete uh, a lot of wells that were still outstanding, you know, back in the first part of the summer. So hopefully, fingers crossed, we will we will be in a stable and lower price climate than we were in June and July. Tim, how can people follow the great work that you do at the U.S. Oil Gas Association? Oh, you know, we're a small trade association. Um, uh, I we did a tweet back in July that tweaked the president's nose and it caught attention. So probably <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Probably the best thing is you know we try and be irreverent on Twitter once or twice a day. And you know, like if anybody needs to just ask questions, we are we are full service. I'm happy to take any questions or emails, and they can reach me at. T. Stewart at uh, org. That's amazing. Uh, you are. You're so accessible. And, and doing these interviews are so valuable because people, we have all these questions and we have all these worries. And when you get to someone with your level of expertise and your vantage point, I mean, you just, the best way to prepare for something like this is to be best armed with information. And you help us do that every time, Tim. We're so grateful for the time today. And I know we're going to need to get you on soon. The market's going to be pretty crazy the next few months. Excellent. Yeah. Hey, I appreciate it. And I, I appreciate giving the opportunity to bloviate, you know, that's uh, uh, it ain't bloviating. It's facts. It's great. I mean, we <laughs> learned these things. A lot of people don't know that the SPR is at record lows. I mean, there are so many things that we need to inform the American public on and you make that yeah. possible with these great visits. I really appreciate the opportunity. Thanks a lot. My pleasure. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back after these messages. Delve into the shadows of the mind with sleeping dogs. A gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs. Now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. All right, folks, thanks for joining us today. Always an honor to have you as part of the John Solomon Reports family, as part of the justthenews.com family. We love having conversations, sharing them with you, hearing from you as well of what issues and stories and ideas and matter. Tomorrow we're going to have a great show. Mark Meckler from the Convention of the States will be on. You want to hear that? I think we'll have Jim Jordan as well. So buckle up for that. We could have a couple other good guests. It's going to be a busy, busy news day tomorrow. So we're excited about that. Now, as you know, I love all of the partners that are part of the Just the News John Solomon Reports family. And one of them is the group we know as CEFWA, S-E-A-F-W-A. What they do they make sure it's easy to get safe gun training. 
to make sure that you are a safe gun owner, that you're a competent gun owner, that you're a responsible gun owner. And they get that done by easy online training. They're some of the best online training episodes and capabilities and sessions I've ever been involved with. They're amazing. Each of these video online courses teach you how to safely shoot, how to store your weapon, how to care for your firearm, how to create the muscle memory to be a competent, safe shooter in case you ever do need to use your firearm. There are several accessible online courses. All you have to do is go to FFCourse, FFCourse.org to learn how to safely shoot, store, and care for your firearm, all from the benefit of the IHEA. All you got to do is take one of their accessible online courses right now at a very simple uh, URL, FFCourse.org. We'll be there and be able to have a great opportunity. A lot of different skills, a lot of different sessions. You are going to be impressed and love it if you go there. So take advantage of it right now. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports. Thanks for tuning in. A big thanks to our guest today, Tim Stewart, always a candid voice about the state of American economy, state of American energy independence. And of course, last night, a remarkable conversation with Congressman Rodney Davis from Illinois. Some real news coming out of that. There are more era cores. There are multiple whistleblowers have come to Congress to blow the whistle on January 6th. We may soon hear about some of their findings in a report coming out in a few weeks from the House Republicans. Stay tuned for that. We're going to cover that 24-7 here at justthenews.com. All right, folks, have a blessed night. Hug your family. Embrace your friends. Have a great night. May God bless you. May God bless this extraordinary country of the United States, as he always has. Yep, you've been listening to two John Solomon Reports, a podcast from Justin News. We're grateful you have been. You have a great night. Enjoy God's blessings. Folks, everyone knows the next medical crisis is just around the corner, whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something much more mundane like a tick bike. You and your family need to be prepared. That's what we learned from this last pandemic, right? That's where the wellness company comes in. You know the wellness company. We have their great doctors like Dr. Peter McCullough on all the time on our shows. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals that you can trust. And the new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy, and most importantly, prepared. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin and z The medical emergency kit provides a guidebook to aid in the safe use of all of these life-saving medications. So you know what you're doing. From anthrax to tick bites to COVID and even the bioweapon like the plague, the wellness company's medical emergency kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics on hand to keep you and your family safe from whatever the globalists throw your way. Go to www.twchealth/justnews today in order. That's twc.health/justnews and use the promo code justnews to save 10%. Hey there, it's Amanda Head, and I am thrilled to introduce to you my new exciting podcast, Furthermore, with Amanda Head, broadcasting weekly from sunny Los Angeles, California, and brought to you by the dynamic Just the News Podcast Network. On this fresh and engaging podcast, I delve into the latest news with a little bit of a twist, exploring the furthermore of every story. But this isn't your typical run-of-the-mill news commentary or politically charged program. I interview a diverse range of guests, including business leaders, entertainers, musicians, 
educators, experts, politicians, and many influential figures from both the United States and around the world. So why not make your Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays a little more interesting? Tune in on your preferred podcast platform and discover furthermore with Amanda Head on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And don't forget to hit that follow or subscribe button and be sure to download the latest episodes. I can't wait to have you join me on this exciting journey.